Come on, give Jesus a big clap. We're going to do something fun. So we're going to call this Team A. Team A, say woo! Team B. Sorry, no, no, sorry. Team B. Woo! Right. And then we're going to say Team C. Nice. Team C is excited. So we're going to do a little thing here. When I pointed to you, sing. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you. And everyone will sing. And that's a good test. Okay, so let's try it out. One, two, one, two, three, four. We. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Give Jesus a big clap. You may have your seats. Sorry. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is everybody there? Where am I? Oh my gosh, what just oh. happened? What are you doing here? Well, I'm glad you're here now. Oh, well, what you are know? we supposed to do? I have no idea. Did I was just having a snack. Well, obviously I was just vacuuming. I see that. Okay, well. So if we died, why did our snack and our vacuum come with us? I don't know, but I sure I hope know. we can know what's happening soon. Hello? Hello? Anybody here? Anyone? At least I don't think we're dead. Do not be afraid. I have come to deliver a message from God the Father. My name is Gabriel. I probably don't look like how you thought I would look, but hey, at least you got the wing part right, correct? <laughs> now, I've had the wings for quite a while, so don't let them make you nervous. They're under complete control. Okay. So the message I've been given to deliver to you is that there is a special day coming on December 19th. And on that day, there is an event taking place at Joy Christian Center. Are you familiar with this place? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Wait. All right. Good. This helps. Sometimes the missions I'm sent on, people have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> so on December 19th at Joy Christian Center, you two have the privilege of hosting an event called Christmas Fun Day. Let's say this together. Christmas, Christmas. Fun, day. fun Day. Let's try it again. Christmas, Christmas fun, fun Day. day. You must be a teacher. <laughs> All right, so on Christmas Fun Day, you two will be hosting this day, which is a celebration of Christmas for all the people that are coming to Joy Christian Center. There will be all kinds of fun and different things happening, but the reason I've come to you today is because we need to get prepared. So I have some outfits selected for you that you will put on, and then we're going to prepare and well, how about you just follow me and we'll see what happens next. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, welcome everyone to Christmas Fun Day. All right. Well, we are so glad that you chose to join us here today. We have a bit of an unusual service for you. I guess you may have already noticed that. But anyway, one thing we always endeavor to do here at Joy is to have a great time with whatever we do. So we encourage you just to engage, to connect, and just enjoy, the, enjoy a great time here today. Have some fun and enjoy the great music, the heart, and the, the story of this wonderful season. 
All right, but before we get to the fun, we have a few things that we want to make you guys aware of. First, there are picture stations out in the foyer if you haven't seen those yet. So feel free to take pictures with your family and friends. And then if you want to share them on social media so we can laugh at you, that would be even better. <laughs> And then, of course, we want you to join us on Christmas Eve. Our service is at 3 p.m. on Friday. All right. And if you have an offering with you here today, we encourage you to take care of, the, or take care of that with the, the boxes in the back. There are also many other ways to give. Thank you for joining with us in supporting what God is doing here. I tell you what, this church has always been blessed. And you know what? In return, we are blessed for what we get to join with joy and be a part of. You can see on the screen there are many ways to give, text, online, mail it. If you have stamps anymore, anyone? Yeah? Anyway, so year-end giving, another thing that we have to make sure we're clear about because there's no compromise on this one. Please pay attention to the rules that are up on the screen and all the different dates and every detail. If you have any questions about those, feel free to call the church office anytime to clarify. All right, and now our preschool children have prepared a song to share with you, so please welcome them.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Ali. Outside is frightful, the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show sign of stopping, but I brought lots of corn for popping. And the lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight How I hate going out in the storm If you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye As long as you love for me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Lots of corn for popping, and the lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Clap your hands like this. Snap. Everybody, come on. Yeah. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I go in. If you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm All the way home I'll be warm But the fire is slowly dying And my dear was still goodbye As long as you love me so everybody doing today? Doing well? What did you have for breakfast? Food? Food? Okay, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Oh, I think we don't have any music playing, so probably may have to do a cappella. <laughs> I can. Let me just see if, yeah, no? Is the video okay? All right, so let's see. Uh, I'm from Trinidad, <laughs> and we don't have snow there. And now, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> Little technical difficulties, guys. But, uh, oh, there we go. So we don't have snow back home, and I sing this all the time, and they laugh at me. Sleigh bells ring, I listening in the lane. Snow is glistening, a beautiful sight. What happened tonight? Walking in the winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird here to stay. Is the new bird? He sing a love song as we go along. Walking in the winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman. Sing it. Yeah. We'll pretend that he is cross and brown. They'll say, I am at a well said, old man. Cause you can do the job and you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. To face and unfade the plans that we made. Walking in the winter wonderland.
can build a snowman Well, pretending he is Parson Brown He'll say, I am that Wilson, old man Cause you can do the job and you're in town Later on, we'll conspire As we dream by the fire So, to face an unfraid The plans that we made Walking into Wonderland Walking into Winter Wonderland Walking in the Winter Wonderland Snipping at your nose You tie carols Being sung By a choir And folks Dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and Some mistletoe To make the season bright Tiny times with their eyes All aglow I find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Every mother's child is going to spy To see if reindeers really know how to fly And so I'm offering the simple phrase Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the stage, uh, she's from Africa, 
Grace, please give her a hand as she comes to the stage. She's going to sing Oh Holy Night with me. And this is our last, well, my last song. Before I head back to Trinidad. No, no, I'm just kidding. So, you good? Yes. Awesome, awesome. All right, if you want to sing along, if you want to stand, if you want to dance, please, please feel free. No one's going to judge you. All righty. stars are brightly shining it is the night of a dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and narrow pining till he appeared and the soul a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn
Wow. When I grow up, I want to play a guitar like that. Oh, man. I liked everything that I heard, and maybe some of you doesn't appreciate that, but I'm a child of the 70s, and uh, the more distortion, lead guitar, music that makes your internal organs move around just a little bit, that's just the way God intended for music to be as far as I'm concerned. Amen? Braden, thank you so much, man. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Those of you that are online, we're having a great time. I hope that it's transferring over to where, uh, wherever you're at uh, as well. We want to welcome you, welcome all of you to joy. Uh, we've called this Christmas Fun Day. I'm not exactly sure why, but I noticed that everybody that saw me this morning smiled at the moment that they saw me. <laughs> I don't know why or what, but uh, everybody just kind of looked and smiled. And uh, my wife, when she saw me, she just rolled her eyes. I don't know why that was different, but uh, I just want you to know I've been asked a thousand times, well, maybe not a thousand times, I've been asked a lot. I do have the pants that go with this. And some of you are like, ah, exactly. That's why the pants are still at home. They, there, there is nobody. I mean, we knew that, I knew that children would be in the service, and, and I didn't want to scare them and scar them for life from coming to church or their eyes go like that. You know, it just would not have been that great. There's been a lot that's been going on this morning, and uh, I appreciate all of the talent and all of the people uh, that, have gone, that have worked to put this service together. Pastor Steph, Pastor Tommy, done a lot of work with the tech side of things. Josh, done a lot of stuff with music and, and all of the people that have spent time working and learning and all of those things, and uh, it's just fun to see the talent that God has put together here at Joy and uh, <clears throat> the investment that some of you have made or many of you have made to help us with just a lot of things as it relates to the tech stuff that we have in here, and uh, it's just a blessing to see it all come together uh, in such a way. And so we've been having fun, you know, as I mentioned, the man, I just love that guitar, and I would have that every Sunday. I, actually, that might be my new walk-in music uh, as, as we start the service. Pastor Brian's coming out, yeah, wow, yeah, kind of a thing. So anyway, I, I do the hair thing, but it just that... I went from long hair to longing for hair. So anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, Joshua Buble, as I like to call him, with uh, some of the classic Christmas songs, and, and, uh, and then, of course, the kids, and the kids are always so much fun, and I think that if we would rate those kind of just on their musical performance, their stage presence, and all of that stuff, that perhaps the kids thing would probably, if we were looking at it in a technical way, the kids thing, we would probably say that really wasn't the best performance, uh, uh, that really, you know, they didn't really sing their stage presence, they look scared, which is, for me, understandable, because they had to look at you, and you can be scary sometimes just the way you look at me. So anyway, I'm not quite sure what's going on in some of your heads, you know, and so, uh, um, and so we kind of understand that, that, that if we were, again, to rank them and, and kind of just analyze and critique their musical performances, the kids thing would probably be kind of at the bottom. We wouldn't, we'd say like that, you know, they need a little bit of work, uh, those kinds of things. They shouldn't have had the deer in the headlight look. And, and I'm I, actually, I'm just really happy. And I know that the children's workers are as well, that they just didn't hit each other with those drumsticks. And uh, they pretty much just kept hitting the air and as they were supposed to, which was, which was uh, a, a good, and which was, was good. But here's what I did see. I saw a lot of you smiling. Saw a lot of you having a lot of fun, and that, that was important, it is important to me. And, and um, while it wasn't a great performance, you understood some things as it relates to children, and that is that they haven't had the chance to grow, they haven't learned yet, they are intimidated to be out of the environment they're used to on a Sunday morning. Now they're on a platform in a great big room with all of the, you know, and I like it when the kids kind of are waving at parents or whoever they might be, and the parental paparazzi that comes and takes pictures and all those other things. But, but here's really the point. If somebody asked you today what happened at church, what was, what was church about, you would probably relate the three or four things, you know, some kid came out and played the guitar, and whether or not you like that kind of music, you would have said, you know, it's not for me, or I didn't like it, or it was too loud, or it was this, or if you're like me, it's like, man, that was awesome, it was the best part of the service, and then the big guy came out and talked and ruined the whole thing, and then uh, some of you would be like, you know, the kids came out and sang, and it was cute, or it's like they need more work, and, and, and so really, sometimes what's going on there's been a lot that's been going on. Sometimes what's going on isn't as important as how we interpret what's going on. What's happening isn't as important as how we interpret what it is that's happening around us. And, and as I said, if we asked a bunch of people what happened today, based on how you interpreted it, based on, 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 on you know, your level of what you think would be appropriate for a church service, if you are here for one of your first times, 
and you expected a Christmas service and, and you know, you got this, you might be thinking, well, I, I can't believe that they sang secular songs in church. We didn't sing any, any traditional Christmas carols or whatever it might be. And others of you were like, it was the most amazing thing that ever happened. Again, what's happening isn't as important as how we interpret what it is that's happening. And I want to kind of try to remove some of the Christmas card from Christmas. Some of the Christmas tradition, Christmas expectations, the Christmas understandings that perhaps you have. Because we know the end of the story. We know what happened. And, and, and so for us many times, because we know and understand what, ha- what happened, <laughs> we sort of yawn at the Christmas story. So I want to... I, I want to take away some of that tradition perhaps this morning. And let's look at this verse in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. We're just going to go through a couple of verses. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. This is something that they had done over and 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 over There's nothing new about this night. This is something they have done hundreds, if not thousands of times. Perhaps some of them just grew up as kids. They were out in the fields. They were with the sheep. And they just, that's been their life forever. Perhaps some on the other side of the age spectrum. They've been doing this entire life. There's nothing different about this night than any other night. And and we know the story. We know what was going on as, as it related to uh, you know, God's redemptive work, what he was about to do, and, and, and as he is stepping into humanity in a way that he has never stepped into humanity before. The, the, the longing, has, as was sung, you know, the long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared, and, 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 and the world was in that place of, of darkness. It was in that place of chaos and confusion. They didn't recognize that they were in that place, but God recognized it, and he was about to send the Redeemer. That night was about to change and become something different. And I think that for you and me, sometimes it's the same thing. We've heard this story over and over and over and over and over and over and over. We know the end. Let's get to the presence. Let's get to the food. Let's get to the fun because we know the story. But God's about to move in a way that he's never moved before. It's the most precious thing. And as I've said often, you can't appreciate the birth of Christ without the backdrop of Calvary's cross. You, you have to tie the two together to fully grasp and understand the purpose for the birth of Christ is tied forever to the redemptive work that God was going to accomplish through his Messiah or through the Redeemer on Calvary's cross. Verse 10 says this, um, I'm sorry, verse 9, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. We, we maybe are familiar with this, seen it on Christmas cards. Here is the glory of God in full manifestation and on display, and the angels are there, and, and they're about to make a proclamation. God is about to intervene and step into their lives and step into the lives of humanity in a way that he never has before. Now, how many of you would think that if God is really moving and God is really doing something and the glory of God would shine and, and it would be a powerful thing, how many of you would think we'd be like, woohoo, God move, this is awesome. This is actually better than the distortion guitar. This is awesome. Wouldn't we be like that? I think we would be. But guess what? What we see isn't as important as how we interpret what we see. What we experience isn't as important as how we interpret what we are experiencing in that moment. And so here the angel comes and and, and is about to make the greatest proclamation that's been made and, and Here's the response of the shepherds. Verse 9 again. Behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around and about them. And they were greatly afraid. Now, wouldn't you think that if God was stepping into their life in a way, and into the life of Israel, into the life of humanity in a way that he never had, wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be the most powerful and beautiful thing that we'd ever experienced? And yet, when God was moving in a miraculous way, the shepherds were like, ah, they're afraid. They're afraid. You would think, well, I'm never going to be afraid of God. God's good all the time, all the time. God's good. Why would I be afraid of God? I think that's more common than what we've ever realized. That when God is moving in our life, sometimes we get afraid. God's moving in our life. We hear the word of God. That is God moving in our life. And we're like, I I know what I should do, but I'm afraid that if I step out and if I do that, 
Somebody's going to laugh at me. Or it's going to cost me. Or it's going to be embarrassing in some way. You see, people interpreted the events of the Christmas story. People that, are, that, that we know about from the word of God, they interpreted the events of the Christmas story based upon how they saw what was happening and how it was going to impact them. When we read the words of the apostle John, when he was writing and talking about the birth of Christ, he said that Israel rejected. They didn't, actually, there's two things. They didn't recognize that he was the Messiah. They were living in darkness and they liked the darkness more than the light. Light was offensive to them. They didn't like the light. And so they rejected the Messiah. They rejected Jesus. The, the, king, the, the king's response to the idea of the birth of Christ was that he wanted to kill this upstart. He wanted to kill this king that was about to come. That was his response. Joseph, the fiance, Joseph, man, this is amazing. Joseph's like, I'm done. I'm done. This is over. I quit. I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to get rid of her. I don't want to embarrass her, but I'm done. I'm over this. Greatest movement, greatest thing that God is doing in the world, and people are responding. Mary herself was confused. She's like, man, I don't know what is going on. And we sometimes think that as we look at the Christmas story and all the things that that we don't make the connection of how much we are like so many of the characters of the Christmas story. We don't realize that at all. Each each one interpreted the events of Christmas and the birth of Christ. They, They interpreted based on what they saw. But here's the really important thing. They got it wrong. I said they got it wrong. They didn't understand, they didn't know, they needed something more than just the birth of Christ. Because the birth of Christ registered on them with fear or with a threat or with quitting and giving up. They needed something more than just that event of the birth of Christ. They needed a revelation. That was the most important thing. They needed, they needed the event revealed to them. In Luke chapter 10 it says this, the angel of the Lord said to them, Now here's the revelation. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. It's kind of funny to me that the angel had to say, this is good for you. It's okay. Don't be afraid. What's happening right now is going to be the greatest thing. They're in fear. Because angels don't show up for shepherds. The glory of the Lord doesn't shine out in the field. Maybe in the synagogue, in the church, in good people. But it doesn't show up there. And the angel has to tell them, this is good news. And I, 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 try, I say this often. If you have ever been presented the gospel and it's not good news. Now, the gospel can tell us that we have to change. And the gospel tells us that there are things that maybe aren't right in our life. But if it's not good news, if it's not presented in a way that is good news, there's a, good really, there's a really good chance it's not the gospel. So we need to be careful about that. He said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And I love this. It shall be to all people, not good people, not Jewish people, not church people, not people that follow the rules. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. I think all of us can say, thank you, Jesus, that this is for me. Because we are really good at disqualifying ourselves. From the goodness of God. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Familiar with this? We've heard this before. We've heard it said. We've heard it sung. We've probably sung it and and, and recited these words as well. But but here's really the point. Like, Like Israel, like humanity, humanity needed the intervention of God. It was impossible. Coming to God, being right with God was an impossibility. Couldn't happen. So humanity and Israel needed God's intervention. They needed God to step in in a miraculous way because the earth that God had created had become corrupt by sin. Humanity that God had created had become corrupt because of sin. And because of sin, there was a separation and God wanted to repair that separation. He wanted to bring humanity back to himself. That was what he was trying to do. Israel wanted 
God's intervention. And, and you and I, I think, are the same way. We want God to intervene in our life. We want God to fix our mean, ornery boss. Unless you work here at Joy. <laughs> we want God to take care of all of those greedy, rich people. We want God to take care of all of these things in our life. We want God to fix our spouse. Because our spouse is broken. We want God to take care of, we want God to intervene in our life. We want God to take care of our finances and take care of our health. We want God to take care of our, our society and our world and our kids. We want God to intervene and we should expect him to. Because he is Emmanuel, God with us. And when God is with us, things change. The name of Jesus is a name above every other name. And those things bow at the name of Jesus. So we want God to fix our problems. We want God to step into our life and intervene and fix all the weaknesses. But just like Israel, when intervention shows up, there's a lot of times that we don't recognize it. There's a lot of times that we not only don't recognize it, but we reject it. You would think, not me, I wouldn't do that. We do it all the time. I've done it. Oh God, I want you to work in my life. And then I hear the word of God. Or I'm reading something and it triggers something. If you've ever left here thinking, I should really do something about that, guess what? That's God intervening in your life. That's the Holy Spirit telling you that you need to change something. Because if you change something, guess what? God can bring blessing into your life. God's intervening and yet we reject it. We push it back. Or it scares us. I want God to intervene. I, I tell you, and, and, and it's hard for me to say this sometimes because people get the wrong idea about why I'm saying this, but, but this is such a real life story for Shelly and I. We were in a point in a state where, man, not a physical state, but we were living in Pennsylvania. But anyway, there, and, and then moving here to start this church, we were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. I thought, quite honestly, I thought there would never be a day we would ever be out of debt. And it was for a lot of reasons. We had kids. We worked for the church that we worked with in Pennsylvania. They paid us 600 bucks a month, and, and we, we relied on that and credit cards and the kindness of people, and we were buried in debt. And you know what the Word of God says? Word, the Word of God says Give. That when we give, it opens up the heavens of uh, the windows of, of God's blessing. And when we give, I, I'll just be totally honest with you. I rejected that because it scared me. I don't have enough to survive right now. And you want me to give what I don't already have? It's kind of like when you, you know, back in the day when you used a lot of checks and you'd write a bad check and the, 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 the bank would charge you money for what they already know you don't have any of. And you'd go farther in debt and they'd charge you again. And again and again. I lived there. That was my address. And guess what? God wanted to intervene in my life, but he's got some principles in his word. And, and the moment that we began, and I'd love to tell you that the moment we began to tithe and the moment that we began to not just tithe our 10%, but give more than that, and it was tough. We had to say no to a lot of things in our life. We had to say no to a lot of things that we really wanted to do. People would say after church, hey, you want to go out to eat? And we're like, I'm thinking, I really want to go out to eat, but here's, are you buying? I didn't, couldn't say that. But it's like, that's the only way. So no, no, you know, kids got to go to bed, whatever it is, you know, something like that. Our daughter, Crystal, came home one time and she was so excited because she got free lunches. She was like, guess what? They given me free lunches. And we're like, let's not tell people about that. That's just, <laughs> shh, that's just your blessing kind of a thing. She had no idea. They just thought that this, she just thought because, well, she just thought the school liked her more than everybody else. <laughs> And we let her think that. <laughs> Praise God. You see, a lot of times like Israel, when intervention was trying to show up for me anyway, I was rejecting it. And I'd love to tell you that the moment we obeyed God and started to give and give beyond, uh, that, that just instantly somebody wrote us a check, it didn't happen that way. We also had to apply wisdom. We, we budgeted and we took care of things that we had to take care of and we had to say no to a lot of things. But we're better today than we've ever been because we obeyed God. And there's a lot of things in our life. The Bible tells us that the word of God is like medicine. And if you take the word of God like you take medicine, how do you take medicine? You take it according to the directions. Well, I'm going way off of my notes right now, but this is, I hope, helping you this morning.
How do we take medicine? We take it according to the directions. If the, if the directions say take it, you know, in, in the morning and in the evening, then we take that, that medicine in the morning and in the evening. Well, God's word is like medicine. It's health to our flesh. And if we take the word of God like we take medicine, that would be consistently and according to the directions, then God's word will bring health to our flesh. It will bring peace to our life. It will bring, it will bring wholeness to our entire being. But like Israel, we, we reject that. Oh no, that's too much work, that's too hard. I don't wanna do that, that's stupid. All of the different things that perhaps we think. Oh, holy night. <laughs> There's a lot of lessons that we need to learn. Here, here's, I think, if I could just be honest, God can't fix what you're faking. God can't fix what you fake. God doesn't offer just band-aids. God offers wholeness and completeness. We have thought that the shield of faith, we thought it to be the band-aid of faith, that once we are under the attack of the enemy, then we're gonna put a band-aid on. No, the shield of faith is what's to be out in front of us. The shield of faith is what's to keep us strong. It is to protect us. We have the sword of the spirit that is the word of God. That sword is an offensive weapon that we use against the enemy. And so God might be saying in your life, God wants to intervene. The greatest moment has already happened. Jesus is here, but God want, might, might want to intervene, but he might want to reveal something. You see, we just want the quick fix. We just want God to take care of all of our problems. If you take care of my boss or my spouse or my finances, whatever it might be, then I'd just be happy, happy, happy. God, I want you to fix this. And really what we mean is I want you to fix them and leave me alone. Jesus didn't die so you could stay the same. Amen? If you can't say amen, say, oh me. <laughs> Israel wanted God's intervention, but he wanted to give them a revelation. He wanted to show them something. And many times God wants to show us some things as well. If we just trust him, if we trust him with our little bit, he brings more. If we trust him with our life, he gives us life in return. Luke, Luke 2.15 says this. <clears throat> Let me recap real quick because I kind of strayed. This is the most, this is, well, it has to be the most amazing moment in the, in the shepherds' lives. I mean, angels don't show up for shepherds. Angels don't get an angelic proclamation. Angels were, were shepherds were, were people that, that were undesirable. They didn't want them around and in the city. They, 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 they didn't like them at all. And so, biggest moment, biggest moment, biggest moment. The angels are appearing. They hear the, the, the Savior is born. But that's not the most important thing to God. They have an amazing moment. Verse 15 says this, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven and the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, <clears throat> which the Lord has made, <clears throat> excuse me, known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The angels were awesome. The angels were great. The music probably was way better than anything that we've experienced this morning as the angels began to sing and make the proclamation. But there was still more that God wanted for them. Every event needs that interpretation. And for God's revelation into our life, we need an encounter as, as these shepherds did. They saw the baby lying in a manger. I've had this happen more than once been out in the lobby area, and a lot of people around, maybe you've had this happen, it's happened where, you know, sometimes at weddings or events where there's a lot of people, a lot of kids, things like that, and suddenly I'll feel arms around my leg, and I'll look down, and there's a little kid looking around like this, just grabbing onto my leg. Not my kid, <laughs> not any of my grandkids, there's just a kid hanging onto my leg. It gets a little awkward, you know, because you're... <laughs> whatever it might be. And that little kid is looking around, hanging on to the leg, and then eventually looks up, and, and just this look in their eyes like, huh, <laughs> you're not dad. Who are you? Not pulling your leg, it actually happened. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that child realizes I'm not the source. 
You know, big crowds can be intimidating to little kids. All they see is knees. They're not sure where anything is. And so they're looking for security and safety. They're looking for comfort. And they grab onto a leg that they think is dad, and it's not. And I think that a lot of times we do the same thing. We're looking for peace. We're looking for security. We're looking for comfort. We're looking for something that's going to satisfy, but we're grabbing onto the wrong things. We're grabbing onto the wrong things. See, here's, if I could consolidate, which I can't because I'm a pastor, but if I could, I would tell you this. You cannot replace Jesus with an event. I'm glad that you come to church. I'm glad that you're here today. I'm glad that you're, in some degree, shape, or form, happy at the birth of Christ. That's just an event. Church is an event. What do we do with the event? What do we do with this moment? That's really what matters. And I think that we've tried to replace Jesus with events. We've tried to replace Jesus with with certain acts and certain deeds. But we've not come face to face with our Savior. You see, the the shepherds, after they had gone to Jesus and they saw him face to face, the event was awesome. That was beautiful and powerful. But the real power, after the angels were gone, the singing died out, after, you know, they're, they're in a barn, a stable, it probably didn't smell all that great, probably was a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit awkward, all of those things. But as they saw Jesus, they encountered him. Notice what it says in verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. They went back to the same old, same old, the grind, the things that they have been through and done, but they were changed. They were different. And I think everything they saw, everything around them was different. It was different. Not because everything around them changed, but because they changed. When God does that work in your life and changes you, it's amazing how blinders seem to fall. How the word of God begins to open up and reveal and shed light in a way that we can understand things way better. Amen. Praise God. So again, I, I, I close it this way. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the birth of Christ. But Father, we know that's not the most important thing. It is when we come face to face with the reality of what Jesus did for each one of us individually that he lived his life and became the Lamb of God that was sacrificed. He gave his life on Calvary's cross and he shed his blood that was pure. It was holy. It was innocent blood that was shed. But he didn't shed his blood for himself or because of his crimes, he shed it for us. It was to fulfill the angelic proclamation that this sign would be a a sign for all people. So all of us qualify because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, I would love to lead you in a very simple prayer. Just ask you to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I don't want the event. I want the revelation. I want Jesus in my life. If that's you, just hold your hand up just for a second. I want to lead you in a quick prayer. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else? Please don't be afraid. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Just hold your hand up real high, man. This is, a, this is the important thing. Thank you. Yep. See that hand? Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Praise God. You see, <laughs> you know, I think, well, what, what? This doesn't make any sense. This seems foolish. I'm just going to say some words. The Bible tells us. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, when we confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart, that God God begins that work of salvation on the inside of us. Don't reject that. Don't reject the simplicity of the power of obedience to the Word of God. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. Thank you that he shed his blood for me. I thank you that he forgives me and makes me his own child. So I believe today Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you that I'm brand new on the inside. 
in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for these that have prayed this prayer for the first time, whether here in this room, whether online, in their living rooms, kitchens, wherever it might be. I thank you for that, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we believe that you have begun a good work in them and you will complete it in them. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. If you're ready, band, go ahead. We've got one more song for you and then you may be dismissed. All right, everybody, stand with me as we sing this last song. Joy to the world.
Thank you, Joy Christian Center. Thank you so much for being with us. Go be joy to the world. Have an awesome week. We'll see you at 3 o'clock on Christmas Eve. God bless you.